Hi, my name's Alistair. My name's Kat, and this is Bampop Productions Podcast. So, what is our topic, your topic for today? Oh, I believe it's our topic. It's our topic, you're quite it right. It is a gender equality. Gender equality? Picked by yourself, a man! Well, you did assume my gender, but we'll let that go this time. Do you want to go into the comments? Uh, yeah, so we're going to do a... <laughs> Shoot away. Quick selection of the day's news stories. Okay. And some headlines for Tuesday the 29th of June. Mm-hmm. And Things that took my fancy in the news this morning. Okay. So I don't know if you know Gavin Williamson. Know him. I am him. Oh, great. Never heard of him before. The Education Secretary. Of so course, that guy. Government has conducted a review of, I guess, discipline in English classrooms or behaviour. Ways to improve the behaviour and discipline of students in England. Well, they're terrible, uh, so... And the main... Rec- well, I don't agree with that, but the main recommendation is that... Uh, they now have to go and ban mobile phones from schools. So they said no. Really? No mobile phones. Just but in England, not a UK-wide school ban. I think this will probably be England and Wales, but I'm I'm not hundred. But definitely England, yeah. So it's not UK. I don't know if they're. I I don't really know what the scope of this is. Like whether they can actually implement that, or they just give recommendations to head teachers. Because this Conservative government has been pretty strong on. Um, giving head teachers more freedom and independence to both charge to do stu- school policies. Yeah, right. So, okay. Um, I don't know if they really could central centrally control that, but they they have referenced things like kind of I guess cyberbullying and and whatnot, and kids kind of being addicted to phones and things. But I mean, to be honest, it doesn't really feel. I mean, to be fair though surely, let's say, hypothetically, there is a ban. I mean, kids might still bring them to school. Equally, I don't know whether it really stamps down on this online hate and trolling, because surely when they're not in school, they could do that. Exactly. Surely it's more trying to limit the distractions that maybe some children or young people have in school when it comes to phones but to be fair can you not remember back when we were in school i mean phones compared to now were archaic and most kids didn't have them but a lot of kids were still distracted because the it seemed to me that at least from my experience in school in scotland from the age of about 10 to at least 16 and maybe this is just my personal experience and maybe there were like and my year perhaps was just particularly bad but the distractions in class just stemmed from people that couldn't seem to focus i think that's quite right i think the adhd seemed to in hindsight be really high but the diagnosis were all quite low then in the early 2000s now there seems to be more diagnosis for that so Perhaps more kids are on medication. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. So I don't think banning phones in schools is really going to limit the distractions if kids really just don't have the focus in the first place or they're not interested in school or the lessons. I think that's the thing. I think it's more of a symptom than the problem itself. 
Um, other one that got me today was a number of high-profile British stars, including Olivia Coleman, who you'll know from... The Crown? She is the Queen. She's not the Queen, she Ellie. Is. She plays the Queen. She is an actress. What? Person pretending to be another person as an adult? Yeah, Ellie. That's sounds... called acting. Yeah, sounds like playtime to me. Um, anyway, a number of five profile British stars have um, made a suggestion that mm-hmm. uh, a new tax... Um, or, no, so consumer support groups called it a tax. I think the phrase they've used is a levy on tech sales in the UK to okay. fund British performers and creative <laughs> arts. Um, All right, that's interesting. The article I read suggested that they they want the levy to be between one and three percent on all tech sold, so laptops, tablets, and um, phones, and the logic being that um, the tech allows for people to illegally download and stream content, and so this levy will balance out the money that creatives should have received from the illegally viewed um, content. I guess. Oh, so more taxes. They're not calling it a tax, they're calling it a levy, but What's yeah, I don't know. A tax is a, it's a tax, yeah. It's, um, so what thoughts have you got on that? Because I know what I think about that. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. I don't know. I, I don't even know if arts are particularly underfunded. I mean, more so than say everything's underfunded at the moment. That's the point. And everything always will be underfunded. But maybe tech's got more going for it. So there is more momentum. So it does get more money. Kind of growth area. I think Art's we're... never got that much money compared to tech, right? The UK isn't a particularly... Okay, so we're a very advanced economy. But on the scale of some of our European... Um, economic competitors in America. Ages. Sorry? We're in the Stone Age. Not quite that, but we're not the most tech-driven economy. We do tend to be a little bit behind the times on, say, tech within business, um, whatnot, things like that. Um, I have to say, I think anything that punishes people for including more technology in their lives and businesses is probably going to be bad for the economy overall um i completely agree that the art should have more funding overall Mm -hmm. but um there's a number of issues at at play there i don't think you can start putting that tax onto people and particularly when they're buying a new phone or, or whatnot and the thing is, a phone or tech isn't actually a luxury item. You know, it's not just a thing you can Well, pay. not in the UK. Um, well, okay, no, well, actually, maybe some new edition tech that's super expensive, you could argue, no, is luxury. No, I completely get that. But there generally, are some, a smartphone isn't a luxury item. It's a necessity. Um, people, well, in the UK, for sure. It absolutely is. Um, you know, we're talking about education there and actually having tech can greatly enhance um, someone's uh, results within education. Um, That's an interesting one. The Ethiopian government has announced a truce with the rebel fighters in the Tigray region. And you know exactly where the Tigray region is. The Tigray region is in the region of Tigray. Oh, yeah. And the people there are called Tiggers. Oh, my God. No, I'm just kidding. It's a joke. It's oh, for dear. Winnie the Pooh. No, they're not called tickers. No, I feel terrible. What? Well, I was just about to say this is a like good news because there's a deepening humanitarian um, crisis in the region. And uh, this is good news because hopefully aid can get into the um, 
the five million people who the UN says are in need. That the, region is the same amount of people as this country. Does. And the three hundred and fifty thousand people who are on the verge of famine. But yeah, the Tigers. You call the Uyghurs the Eeyores. Oh dear. So, I'm just kind of playing the same joke as you, sir. Yes, sorry. But that is great. I'm very happy for that. Yeah. Uh, it's in north of Ethiopia, bordering Eritrea. Okay. Near the Red Sea. Looking yeah. over to sort of Oman and um, Saudi Arabia. I knew there was fighting there. Did you know Saudi Arabia and Iran are different countries? <laughs> yeah. Amazing, they're it? very different and they don't end politically. They're not friends. They're, so they're not even frenemies. <laughs> quick fire the rest of this. UN Human Rights Council um, <laughs> commissioned a, a report into racism. Um, this was after the murder of George Floyd last year. Um, the report was made up of, I think, 300 um people including experts um so opinions from experts on the issue and also just interviews with people from african descent within western countries um today the report was calling for um uh, apologies recognition of institutionalized racism and um to call it reparations um to make amends for um the damage suffered by racist societies Interestingly as well, they've also called for um, BLM to receive funding, public recognition and support. Um, this is kind of interesting. UN groups tend not to support individual. Because yeah. um, it's too political and they're supposed to be apolitical. Is it? But the BLM gets the thumbs up from them as a, as a kind of force for good. Which... Doesn't that show you the power of a movement? Yeah, absolutely. And... Uh, I suppose I maybe some could, people wouldn't like that. Some people mm -hmm. won't, yeah. Because um, they'll be like, why does that movement get more than, say, the next one? I think it gets thumbs up from me. Um, I think BLM, no, that is good. I'm just saying that some people might not be happy with that, but that is a positive yeah. for the BLM movement, yeah. Um, Hong Kong has put Britain on its strictest travel ban level um, due to high numbers of this new Delta variant. So... Now, anyone spending more than two hours in Britain will be unable to board a flight to Hong Kong. So it's like a, a complete ban. Um, at first, I thought, oh, maybe this is a bit of like China trying to isolate Hong Kong from its allies in the West and whatnot. And I know you're going to comment, but I thought maybe it's a bit of that in there. And then I saw, oh, shit, this is also happening in um, Portugal has just put Britain in its um, high, one of its high-risk <laughs> categories. So it requires all oh. travellers... All travellers to quarantine for two weeks now on arrival. Um, and Merkel mm -hmm. is attempting to have the EU recognise the UK as um, a country of concern. So that's one of their designations at the EU level. I don't know exactly what each mm -hmm. level means specifically. Um, mm -hmm. But interestingly, this is at the same time that UK ministers are looking to remove um, almost all travel restrictions on Britons who've had the, the double vaccination. So it kind of scuppers their plans to maybe make life a bit more normal here. It makes it a bit more difficult. There could still be a bit of politics going on, but um, Britain does have really quite high rates of this new Delta variant at the moment. Um, 
I think quite rightly we're now in the same category as places like South Africa and India that suffered quite badly from it. Do you think we're still being punished because we left the EU? Possibly, and maybe Hong Kong. But, but it is a uh, pandemic. So it is a pandemic and we do have quite high, high rates. Safety, I suppose, is really important. Last uh, headline I had here was... Um, uh, Oh gosh, I've taken my notes wrong here. I thought this was from The Intercept, but it's not. Uh, anyway, a number of TikTok insiders um, today have been... They've been talking and they've added evidence to um, some of Trump's claims. I don't remember last year he tried to get TikTok, the Chinese company, to sell its US business to a US company Maybe. over this over national security concerns. Okay. Um, it turns out that the a number of TikTok insiders have kind of added evidence to this, and okay. uh, I think Trump um commanded the Justice Department under him to um force this uh force this sale. Very interestingly, um, uh-huh. he got a fair amount of support for that. I think a lot of people recognise it was quite possibly true, and there's a number of it, but largely it was seen as a kind of Trumpian like. Mentalism, <laughs> not mentalism, wasn't, but like just a mental bit of activity that he should want to maybe another distraction, like yeah. a bit of a weak achievement sort of thing. No, I don't think so. I think TikTok doesn't seem to be like so. He like did it under the guise of national security, it was, but I think the criticism, like TikTok I... and app, yeah, but the criticism against him is that he was overstretching his reach, like as he often <sighs> he did was that told. All the time. Um, but it turns out that, you know, as I said, I think he did do that a lot, particularly at the end with the, um, a lot of his activity, but it was, most of his presidency was fairly, it was within the, as I've always said, it was in the bounds of normal president, what we saw, presidential action, right, but that's all we're comparing anyway, yes. what we can see, quite right though, um, it was within the bounds of normal and, you know, a number of the things that he was, roundly criticised for at the time have turned out there's maybe some evidence to and it's like oh wow what do you know the US president is actually quite well informed by having access to the world's most preeminent intelligence gathering agencies that's true that's true okay okay do you have any more comments no that's me that's you all right well Shall we head on to our topic? Do a 10 minutes. I'm just maybe getting here that we have a Twitter account now. So that's at BAMPOTPOD. And if you want to leave a comment and tell us why we're wrong about gender equality, feel free. Or why we're right. I doubt that. But yeah, <laughs> let's not, let's not, you know, lose hope. It's a bit biased. Let's be more objective. It could be, we could be either or. And we're interested in our listeners helping us to be more objective. Objective, that's it. We want to be objective and we're taking all sides. Here's my question. Okay. To listeners and to you. Okay. I think you might answer me a bit quicker though. Uh-huh. What is equality? Oh, God. How would I define it? Well, yeah. Okay. Without going into a lot of depth and without kind of being too nuanced about it, Mm. I would probably say it's about fairness. I don't think equality is about being equal in the context of the same quality or the same things that men and women do for one another. 
Um, I would say it's about fairness. And I think generally, although I'm not a feminist and I certainly wouldn't brand myself one, um, I think feminism is an ideology like ev like everything else. Um, and I'm quite objective about it. But I wouldn't, I would generally say that women, and this is broad strokes, this is really broad strokes. And I normally don't advocate for us talking in broad strokes, but I would probably say that that the women of the world, broadly speaking, compared to men in most countries, even countries that are well-developed, that have um, a high rate of equality, and you could argue have a as close to a fair society as you can get, I would say probably women have a raw deal compared to men in most countries. So I would say equality to me is about being fair. That's how I would define it. You? Yeah, okay. I can see that. Sounds nice. I guess... Uh, I'm reminded of a quote by Steve Jobs, actually. He was mm -hmm. asked a question about education, I think, once. He was always in favour of that kind of very private thing where you have pri all schools are kind of private businesses and... Parents are given, like, credit vouchers they can spend on the education. Mm -hmm. So you get to shop around and pick the best school that you want kind of thing. And you can top it up with your own money if you want a better school, that kind of thing. Um, I actually disagree with that. But I remember when I was taught, I had a quote where said, you know, I believe in equal opportunity, but not equal outcome. You know, he says, everyone should have the same opportunity okay. as they go through life. But, you know, life just doesn't work an equal outcome for things. So, I mean, at that point, he was a multi-millionaire. He's run one of the most he was successful a tech companies. Band, so, yeah. I guess you're just like, okay, we, we just accept that. So, he was doing well. So, I think it's easy to argue for that then. Um, but there's something to that. And I think for me, one of my points about equality is that do we mean equal access to services or equal results out the other end? Oh, God. That because is a tough one. Because, you know, it might just be that women are inherently inferior to men and that even with equal access to the same services that they are unable to achieve overall, in broad strokes, the same level of achievement as men. Alistair. Oh shit. Unless you take that back, <laughs> I will leave this pod. Okay. I will leave this podcast right now. No, I don't agree with that actually. I am leaving unless. <laughs> I don't agree with that. I do think though that. For me, it, I don't. I, I really don't like the word equality. I think it's most broadest. Most broadest level. It's about. Um, having equal access to, you know, services and then other words like justice or whatnot. Just things that we tend to value in a society mm -hmm. that everyone should have I'm equal access. You. Everyone should have equal access to them. Um, my issue with equality, the way that it is, is that it's one of those things where you need to know what you're measuring and make sure that like, if you're measuring it, that you're doing like-for-like -like comparisons with other things. So if you take the gender wage gap, for example, as a kind of contentious topic, 
you actually have people on the, I guess, right wing of politics, but not necessarily. Um, th there is a gap that overall women get paid less than men in, say, Western societies. And it's considerably less overall. In most fields, yes. In most fields. Apart from fields that generally women just tend to statistically be more in, that is correct. But when you do like for like comparisons within certain fields, mm -hmm. it actually starts to balance out a hell of a lot more. This is kind of the point that, and this is actually true, if you compare like for like, say, women within STEM fields versus men within STEM fields, they tend to get about the same salary for the amount of time they've put in. Um, there's two issues here. One is that women tend to go into work which is lower paid in general. So women tend to do more things like care work or caregiving, which... The wages isn't as high. Exactly. But it's not as high, so it's women, not even comparable. Women within that tend to be... Um, but this is kind of my point. Like You have to decide what you're trying to compare or figure out. At the same time, women within all fields will typically come out to raise children for a few years. So they actually end up having a few years less experience. Once you start to account for that, the wage gap actually balances out almost completely. The, the only real area where there's a big difference here uh, between genders is situations where like you get paid depending on how many you know bombs you put in seats. So if you're like in a stadium, it's how many people. So men's football tends to pull in bigger crowds than women's football, and therefore men get paid more because there's more you know people watching it. So that's where you get this disparity. But um, interestingly, I actually think we do need to work on things like the gender wage gap. But I think recognizing why this occurs is important. And what I find interesting when people want to talk about equality is they both like everyone measures different things, and sometimes you need to do. A little bit of a conversion in order to make it a like for like comparison or to figure it out. You know, I think for me, these things seem to be quite true that women tend to have less experience than men in jobs because they'll take a few years out to start a family and raise it, which men typically don't do. They can do, but typically don't. Um, and also, women tend to go into work which is lower paid um, to start with. Once you start taking that into account, the gender wage gap almost completely disappears. So for me, the question is, why are care roles considered less valuable than other roles within a society? Why do they pay less? I think that's a really interesting question. I think that's at the core of it. And that doesn't just benefit women, that benefits everyone that gives care. Um, yeah. And secondly, um, why do we consider raising a family or having children to be not valuable. Like, why is that? You know, why is it that there aren't support mechanisms in place to either help women, um, you know, maintain parity with experience and ability while raising a, a child? Or why is it that, um, let's say, we don't consider raising a family to be a full-time job that's not worthy of you know an income I guess that's my well okay so you've actually made a lot of really good points there mm. so just to go back to when you said equal access mm -hmm. 
v the equal outcomes i mean that's very idealistic and very theoretical um you're right it sounds fair for everyone in a society or in a country particularly uh the girls and the women to have access because as a group they are mm -hmm more disadvantaged say like like i know that's not the case for all the women but as a group if you compare to men um but it just almost sounds to me like it's wishful thinking to think the outcomes would 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 be the same for everyone in the context of that everyone gets fantastic jobs can i just so bring I think those that's one thing. two together very quickly if that's okay just it's uh, a very it's one sentence okay. or two it's very brief it's a, that's kind of my point about equal um equal access in terms of, say, gender pay. Um, equal access, you could argue women have equal access to the same pay as men. It's just that they don't have the same outcome because of certain differences in the work they go into um, or the fact that women typically will take a few more years out than men do. So you could yeah, argue okay. that that is equal access. Okay, okay. But you go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, oh, you also mentioned the point about the gender pay gap. Actually, the last stat that I read in the EU, women were paid about 26% less. Mm -hmm. But you're right, that's not the direct discrimination. Mm -hmm. That's indirect in the context of the factors are that women and men don't go into necessarily the same fields. Right. And some fields are paid more. But the thing is, though, what they've also found through research is the level as to which the women rise to say if they're in the same field as when and when you compare those directly it generally tends to be less mm -hmm. and this is the point that you made children come into factor yeah now i know this is going to sound extremely unkind to kids but when children are brought into the factor of the life of anyone particularly the woman she yeah it tends to fall to the female uh -huh. Um, to child race, even in countries that are developed, I think statistically women tend to take more time off and I won't use work. I will use the term, I mean, the wording employment, because if I use work, it's almost like you mentioned, I take away the value of a mother Yeah. because what is a mother not work that, that is Completely. work. It's well, it's just not employment. Like it's not employment. Um, so that is a very important fact, but why does society place more emphasis on women doing the child raising? I completely agree. But then again, though, you look at countries in Scandinavia where they have paternity leave. In fact, they have paternity leave here. And I know parents that have been in jobs in the UK where they've both taken uh, their shifts down to part time. Yep. And in Norway, they have, well, in the Scandinavian um, region they have free childcare and they actually encourage more um, moms to eventually go back into employment so there are certain places in the world where they have these policies I don't know how how efficient the UK is in that context they have paternity leave here they have maternity leave um, I know statistically there are many moms that are in part-time work, but unfortunately you can't rise to the same level as a man of course not. who's maybe in a luc lucrative role if you're doing part-time. So surely to level that playing field off, like you mentioned, 
there needs to be more emphasis put on well either the state needs to provide more help to working mm. moms in the context of employment or in the context of their moms but to get them into employment if they so choose or men take more of a of a active role <laughs> that everyone is forced to have a gap in their employment history i mean but that is, sounds highly autocratic that doesn't does sound fair but surely to level off um the disadvantage of women not being at the same level of men in employment that could be an option but then you'll have people that'll say oh well surely it's you know a choice that you know you can make that compulsory and i don't think that any, and i don't think that any country has but equally would a couple want to push equality forward in that context by both taking part-time jobs or would it be better if you know no. maybe one one partner just does That's one full time job that has more money than the two jobs right. that are part time? I think this is That's the point about all economics: is that these are everyone can have their ideals for the whole society. So I think everyone, most people, would want to see that number come together for gender pay gap. They'd want to see it come. But the point is, when you're a couple and you're making decisions, you don't make your decision based on what's best to reduce the gender pay gap. You make your decisions based on what's best for the two of you right now. And obviously, if one of you wants to stay home and raise the kids, then it's better that the other per financially, it's better that the other person's out there earning as much money as possible. And um, the other issue is that most people are at their highest earning capacity in the last few years of their lives. You know, that's when promotions can come kind of quick and fast. It's when you can rise up pay ladders. So but your last few years is your most lucrative as an earner. And say if you're a woman and you've taken, say, two or three years out once or twice in your life, you know, you could be six years behind in experience of an equivalent man. And once you, I say that's just the kind of issue here, that once you bring that into account, being six years behind in experience will actually affect at the, the end of your career, you know, um, that could be quite a big, you know, gap within within um, your your compensation for the your work. The factor really is kids in a lot of this. Yeah. Because there's been so many mums that have been highly qualified prior and been in very good jobs. When they take even a couple of years out, say even five or six years with only two kids, if they prioritise the children or they need to at least balance, they can't go into high flying careers. Yeah meaning that they either need to change career or they need to just have a job, say. Completely. Or they need to do the part-time work. But men don't really need to make that decision often in that's almost all societies. So you could argue that's unfair. I just think, I, I, I don't think I have an easy answer to this. I just, I do like when people talk about equality that they figure out what it is they're talking about kind of first because um, is that being a... a a woman um, fighting for equality, it can be very easy, I think, just to blame the patriarchy or the structure. And I think and patriarchy tends to be men in power. Yeah, I, <laughs> but I, I think that's very... About the women in power. There's some women completely, in power. That, that's fair. Yeah, sorry, I completely agree with that. Uh, Not the point I'm making here, but I do uh, agree with that. Um, I think for... When it comes to the blame game, I think that can be kind of damaging in that 
you need to know what it is that you're kind of fighting for first. I think that you can certainly argue that the system favours men, but you need to figure out how it favours men before you can put forward a better solution. And as I said, the main issue here for women is that things that are specific to women are undervalued by our society. I think that's the issue. It's not that there's a big conspiracy to, I think, pay women less or to pay like men helping men or whatever, but not that many people argue that, but just to say that understanding how, yeah, the issue here is that things that are specific to women are completely undervalued by our society. And I think it's far better to value those. I don't think, uh, let's say something like a recompensation tax where we give women a certain amount of money every say month from the government to bring up the wage. I don't think that works out fair. I think that what it should be is figure out why that gap exists, particularly child raising, lack of experience at later years in career, and also um, women going into less lucrative fields, and then fix that and fix it for everyone, not just women, but you know, there's a lot of men in care work as well that are on low wages pay them more as well like let's start valuing the things that women do in society because there's some pretty good things that women do um value it the same way that we value things that men do and um both encourage women into the better fields as better paid fields as well as um yeah uh, as well as um paying these fields that tend to be dominated by women better but once again, equality is just a difficult word that I never really quite, you know, I'm always interested in what people mean when they say it. Do you know? And I never really kind of articulated what I meant by it until you actually said to me, but what do you mean? And <laughs> We had this conversation like, a while ago. I kind of yeah. was, oh. You asked me, do I believe in equality? I'm oh, like, I don't really, oh yeah. <laughs> But I still think it's about being fair. I think that's a big part of it. But that already is very vague. If I was on what's a fair. yeah, if I was on a march and someone was saying, you know, we're the march is fighting for women's equality, I'd certainly get behind that slogan and banner and shout it from the rooftop. Be very happy to get behind it. But normally, people mean so many different things when they use the word equality that I'm more interested in what the person means than what they what it means to them than what the word means to me. It's quite a vague term, and people mean quite different things by it. So, um, but as so I said, if you pin so if you pin them down, then they might not really know what they're marching for, <laughs> yeah. and they might not be that articulate well, about. No, no, I think everyone it. would have their different thing they were marching for. I think that would be the point. If you had a group of a thousand people, you get a thousand different answers to what equality means to them, and that's what I find most interesting. Um, some of those views I could get behind, and some of them I couldn't as well. That's the the thing. So do I fight for equality? You know, as a white male middle class. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Privilege is what the Americans would say. Fine, baby. <laughs> I'm like, thanks for showing that in my face, <laughs> me being a woman. Okay, guys. Well, that about wraps it up. Um, today. Please leave comments on Twitter about. Please get on Twitter, please. please. <laughs> please. Shut up and don't make it sound desperate. Oh, I'm not desperate. <laughs> Please. Okay, guys. Bye from Cat. Bye from Alistair. Bye from Bam Pop Productions Podcast. Bye bye. Bye bye.